Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into a special edition of Inside Carolina's This Weekend UNC Baseball. We've got head coach Scott Forbes. We've got Grace Nugent joining us. If you're watching this and you've been on the Inside Carolina message boards, Grace dropped the fall preview and the fall wrap-up article over at Inside Carolina on the Diamond Hills message boards. And, of course, I've been around doing this for a while. Coach and I do this during the season, so we wanted to sort of wrap the fall season here. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity for being our sponsors. CongruityHR.com front slash Tar Heels, folks. Check it out if you're a small business owner. Coach Forbes, before we get started on, on your team, I wanted to ask you about your trip to see a former player in the World Series. It's got to be pretty cool, almost like a dad going to see one of the one of the children pitching on the biggest stage. Yeah, what a neat experience. Um, you know, kind of have to pitch myself. It's the second time one of our, our guys have started the All-Star game but also pitched in the World Series. Matt Harvey did it and uh, – we were able to be there for both of those. And I wasn't able to get the Gallons all-star start uh, because of where it was in the timing, but I wasn't going to miss him being the game one starter in the World Series. And we were able to take a great group. Coach Fox was able to go. Obviously, he coached Zach. Scott Jackson was a big part of getting Zach Gallon here. He's now the head coach at Liberty. Um, among a lot of other people, Mr. Bryson was able to go, who's – been a big reason that we have everything that we have here in our stadium. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, we got to see Zach's family. We got to see him pitch. Unfortunately, the little brother of a former Tar Heel hurt us at the end um, and Corey Seager. But we had, I mean, not only was it neat, we also just made it special for other people. And that's what I thought was really cool about it. And to see Zach's hard work pay off and go out there and give his team a chance to win was cool. So uh, I want to let you toot your horn a little bit, which I know you will not. But obviously, if you if you make it to the professional ranks as a, as a player, you've done a ton of work. But you've mm -hmm. also had a lot of good guidance. His time at North Carolina sort of shaped him into the young man he is today, but also the player. What do you remember the most about him when he was in Chapel Hill that made him be able to accomplish what he's done this year? 
Yeah, I was fortunate to be around him the most because I was the pitching coach during that time. Um, his last year was my last year. No, year before, I think. Yeah, it was his last year, 16. That was my last year as the pitching coach here before I went back to working with the offense and base runners and hitters and stuff. And I would say the thing I remember the most about Zach is he was just a lead-by-example guy. Unfortunately, we didn't get to Omaha while he was here. But his leadership and his impact on our team was huge, especially his last year with the younger guys that we played that year, and Kyle Datras, Cody Roberts, that whole group um, that then got us to Omaha in 2018. Uh, we had a chance to get there in 17 and 19, but that whole group was impacted by Zach. And also his just meticulous attention to detail and his preparation. You know, it was clear here. And it was clear that when he left here, he would continue to get better. Because I thought when he got drafted, he still had his best way in front of him. I thought he was probably going to have another jump in his velocity because he was just so baby-faced and he still was maturing. Um, and you're seeing, we're all seeing that now. Because the command was the command, but he has just improved you know, in every area so much. Awesome. Get in. Here we go, Scott. Uh, you know, I told you Grace loves baseball than any of us. So she's going to dig into your team here. And, I, and I'm just going to oh, sit boy. back and watch for a minute. Oh, I, guess I, need to well, pull I guess I need to read the article, um, you know, <laughs> the wrap up for the fall. But I, I need to read that type of stuff. You know, I'm not a big message oh. board guy. <laughs> Oh, everybody Makes loves sense. you in the fall. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> well, I was there watching. I have my neat little score buck from all your scrimmage games. Nice. Doing it old school. Um, but just starting off kind of simple, what did you like that you saw from your team? I mean, you got a ton of new guys. So what did you like them that they did over the course of the fall? I'll say number one, the, the adjustment of our returning players meshing with our new guys was quick. Um, and which is important because some of these guys are older than they are, you know, like a, like a Madeira, like a D'Onofrio, like a Harbor. So how are they going to mesh? You know, is everybody going to be on the same page? What our ultimate team goal is. And that was clear that, you know, it's, it's been really good. Um, and then number two, I'd say what I like the most is how competitive it is at every position, um, as well on the mound, because that competition just makes everybody better. Everybody knows in reality that it's going to be hard for them to get on the field because the guy beside them is just as good as he is. And therefore, that's going to bring out the most of, of every player. Um, and that's the way it's been on our best teams. With the depth that you have, what does it come down to when you have two players that are so close in abilities at one position? How do you decide which one starts and which one doesn't? You know, in baseball, it, it – if they are even defensively and they're even in, in certain areas, you know, there's usually going to be one thing that gives the edge to the person that you're going to put in the lineup. It could be speed, um, a little bit more power, a little bit more sure-handed defensively, uh, smarter player, doesn't miss signs, better reading dirt balls, better instincts on the bases. Um, so there are a lot that go, goes into it. And a lot of times they can be even and one of them has to move a position to get them both in the lineup because you want to play your best nine. That's all you're trying to do. Um, but as Coach Williams said that one year he was asked, I think it was when they had Ty Lawson and all those guys and Hans Brose that he, he'd much rather have those tougher decisions than wondering how the heck they're going to play more than 
five, you know, because you have to have depth in basketball as well. So, you know, that that stuff will play itself out, but it's, you know, those some of the tougher decisions, but I want them to be tough. Yeah, you definitely want to have options rather than not having options. No question. And uh, there have been teams in the past, uh, Roy Williams had those, where there was no option, but somebody had to play. So speaking of that and talking about moving positions, I thought an interesting dynamic during the fall, and I understand what fall baseball is about, but Jackson Vanderbreak at third base. I mean, he seems yeah. like you're – he's becoming your ultimate utility guy. Um seems like to me yeah. what you see from him at third is is that an option in the spring is that something that is a plan there um given you got madera at short you've got harbor looks like first baseman was fall built towards the spring or was fall just trying to figure out who could do what before you decide in the spring yeah it's definitely a combination because you want it we're always sitting here every morning when we meet as a coaching staff especially we're not meeting every morning right now, but we're meeting every morning in the fall. We're meeting every morning in the spring. You don't want to look back because you have that time. Okay, what if this happens? What if this guy needs to play here? What if this guy needs to play there? So we even had Casey Cook at the end of the fall playing some second base. Casey Cook playing some. So you're trying to think of every scenario, but we do feel like Jackson, he had some shoulder issues when he first got here. Those are over. He feels great. His arm strength is back. We also haven't ruled out he can play shortstop, but we also thought he would be a really good third baseman. He's tough. He's wiry. He can move. Um, and we like some athleticism over there, but we wanted that to be an option. The way we looked at it, Tommy and Grace, is, hey, we know he can play second base. He did it all year last year, so that's an easy transition, but let's get him at third. Let's get him. Third base is harder if you haven't been there, and you've got to play it in the scrimmages because the ball is going to come off hot from Osuna, hot from Parks Harbor, lefties will top one. But it's definitely an option for sure. Um, but so is Parks Harbor, you know, and Johnny Castagnazzi. Uh, and But we did want to have that ability to play Jackson at third base um, if that meant we were going to play somebody besides Jackson at second base. Yeah, yeah. Third base is a different animal, even from shortstop. And so, and he definitely has the physical attributes there. And you're right about his arm. I mean, his arm looked solid in, in the fall. Over at short, Alex Madera. I mean, one thing you've done is you didn't just go to the portal just to get bodies. You got guys out of the portal that can play and that will seriously upgrade the talent on the team. What'd you see from Madera? I know he dinged up a little bit but what did you see from him at that short position because you know that that's yeah, a position honestly, that Colby Colby had it locked down and, yeah, and now Colby's got and, serious... Colby, and Colby still can lock down shortstop defensively we know that um Colby's got to continue to make strides offensively uh and Colby is one of those players that's always going to play better in a real game because he's got a low heartbeat he's got ice water in his veins <laughs> Um, but, you know, his bat speed's a little bit limited. He's got to continue to try to get stronger so that bat gets to the zone quicker. Um, and Madera, you know, is, is strong. He's fast. You know, one thing, Colby's, Colby's not a runner. But, you know, I do feel like both those guys can be on the field for us at the same time. Um, but the one thing we did see, we weren't sure about Madera. We knew he could play. Uh, it's a, the, the neatest thing about baseball, you know, and I came from a Division three background, but Billy Wagner was in our conference. So I know that there are good baseball players everywhere. Um, and we got enough 
on him and saw enough on him to know like, okay, left-handed can really run strong. Hasn't made many errors at shortstop playing full seasons at Arcadia. We're not sure about his range because we haven't seen him. Um, and then where is he going to compare to Colby? Cause Colby's that good defensively. And if you're going to play somebody else at short, they've got to be pretty close. And he, he really opened our eyes to being an above average shortstop defensively um, and a, a real accurate arm, got some leadership ability out there, and he's hard to pitch to. You know, he, he can hit anywhere in the order, but he's he's got that prototypical left-handed hitter that can set the tone and hit a double and hit a home run. Um, and he's a leader. You know, he led his team, and I had to talk to him about that when he got here. You, you can't tiptoe around. You know, you're 23 years old. You can lead here as well, even though you're new in the program. So I think once he got his feet wet and got to know his teammates, he just took off even more. Um, but he's healthy. He just had a little jammed hand. Uh, get on these guys because they almost hit too much. That's the great thing about us redoing our indoor facility. They can't hit right now. <laughs> making them take a break. Um, but he's going to be a, a, a huge addition for us. Uh, so we're, we're excited about having him. Talking about transfers in the outfield, I'd say that you upgraded. You added an upgrade in Anthony D'Onofrio, who just adds more of a complete, complete outfielder. He played in center when Vance was out. And then when Vance came back and was able to play the field, you had, I think, one of the speediest outfields that I've seen because they both have the speed and the range and the arms to cover right field, left field, center field. So what have you seen your outfield look like? I mean, you played different variations over the fall. And how has Anthony D'Onofrio just helped with that? Yeah, he's a great story. You know, one of those stories, if you don't know it, you don't know it. But he goes to Cortland State, Division Three. He leaves to get back close to home. Um, you know, Stony Brook won't even give him an opportunity. You know, he tries to walk on, but they said they're full. So then he goes and finds himself a summer league. Quinnipiac is the only school that offers him. He goes to Quinnipiac. He gets better, and he's an All-American, basically. And, uh, you know, we knew he had entered the portal. Coach Rizbicki and Coach Gaines went to watch him in summer ball, and they were blown away. They were like, holy crap, like there's no way we can commit this kid, but he's going to get drafted, and we'll probably lose him anyway. Um, but we got lucky and he, he is here. Uh, he's, he's ultra talented. His baseball, he's like a Zach Gallon version of, of college. Like he's still baby faced, even though he's 22, I think his best baseball is going to be when he's 25, 26, when he really gets that man's strength. Um, but he plays hard. He plays the right way. He can fly. He's got power and he's got the best arm of any of our outfielders and it's an accurate arm. Um, so, you know, Right now, we see him in right field. Uh, and, you know, Casey's made the transition to move to left, but Casey could also play second base. He's worked hard in the post fall of getting back on the dirt if we need him to. Um, he's just a mature, more mature player mentally, so Casey can handle moving around now. Um, but all three of those guys will complement each other well. And we've got some depth in the outfield. You know, it's not like we can't move a guy because you got Patrick Alvarez, who had a good year for us, even with a broken hem eight. Um, you got Carter French that's gained 20 pounds and is going to continue to get better. And you got Reese Holbrook with some speed and some other guys. Riker Glaska can play right field. But, you know, those three in the fall have, have been the most consistent. Uh, Casey Cook, Vance Honeycutt, and uh, Anthony D'Onofrio. So we're really excited about – I mean, the outfield play is underrated. Um, now with all the analytics, you really can tell how many runs are saved 
uh, because guys are pitching more at the top of the zone. Guys are pitching with higher velocity. Therefore, they're getting more fly balls. And if we can track those down and catch them, we're going to save a lot of runs. And, and that's why we're going to play our best three defensive outfielders as well. It's just rare, Grace, that your three best defensive outfielders are also your three best offensive outfielders. And when that's the case, it makes it a little bit easier on you. Yeah, talking about offensively, I mean, losing Matt Corvath, not only did you lose a utility player and a, and a leader and a third baseman and a right fielder, but you also lost someone who could just fly on the base pass and yeah. steal 20-plus bases. So filling that gap, are you looking at D'Onofrio there with that speed? You have Vance who can steal. I know that you can, if he plays, you can put Holbrook, you can pinch run him. But how are you trying to fill that void offensively? Well, Madera's a base stealer as well, um, and he's a burner. I mean, he's there aren't many Vance Honeycuts. You know, a scout told me the other day his time down to first base is like almost the same, if not a tick better than Trey Turner. So that's blazing. But is an above average. You know, he's every bit the same speed as Mac. Um, you know, Mac may have a little more instinct. Mac was really good at stealing second base. Um, but D'Onofrio had 20 bases last year. Madera has stole a lot of bases where he was. So those three guys will always have the green light. We've also worked as a team of incorporating the vault still at first base. So our guys got way better at that. So that's going to be a big part of our game. Now we're not going to be dumb and still necessarily when Parks Harbor's up there or Alberto Osuna. But the team's giving it to us. We're going to have some guys that can take it. So I'm looking between a guy like Madera and D'Onofrio combined that they can bridge that gap of that speed loss with Mac and combined, they should be to steal even more than Mac did total. And we need, we need Vance to, to continue to get better at stealing. And if he learns to really steal third base, he can steal 50 bases, you know, but he needs to learn to steal third base because I'm wanting to hit a lot of doubles. So he should steal third more than he steals second. Hopefully. Well, worst case, he, he'll turn a walk into a double and then he can go ahead and get yeah. third. Yeah, no, Dan, it's so good to see him healthy. You know, it's that was tough. You know, the kid that never came out of the lineup, tough on our team, but even tougher for me. I feel bad for the player, you know, when, when he's that competitive because he wanted to play. But what do you do? You know, when you're injured, you're injured. And uh, he's come back. He looks stronger. He looks better. He looks faster. So we're, I'm excited that he's back. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We're, we're talking about North Carolina baseball with head coach Scott Forbes, and it's 17 minutes in, and we just have now mentioned Vance Honeycutt. It shows you what North Carolina, what, what Coach Forbes has been able to do in the offseason to add talent and all. I wanted to to turn it to, to pitching for a second, but I wanted to ask you specifically before I do that about left-handed hitters. You went to the portal, you got a bunch of left-handed bats. Yeah. Um, you, you got a freshman catcher who I think is going to be really, really good. Um, it's a left-handed bat. Just just sort of speak to the need to get better on that side of the plate. Yeah, you know, season. it's just something that in college especially, you know, we met with about it as a staff. You want to take the best hitter, and you want to take the best pitcher, left or right-handed, period. You know, if we had, you know, seven Logan Warmus his junior year, we'd be pretty good. But that's not usually going to be the case, right? You're not going to have nine Vance Honeycutt. So the balance, but right-handed pitching is more dominant in college because the really, really good lefties are really getting drafted high. So that left-handed hitter is going to have an automatic advantage. And we want to be able to, you know, mix and match. But 
our I, I feel like our best overall teams in North Carolina offensively, we've been able to play six, minimum of five left-handed hitters, occasionally seven if we choose to. You know, some years even it was almost an Achilles heel because if we ran into a really good lefty when we were rolling out all those lefties with Fedorov, Ackley, Seeger, you know, sometimes that can be tough on us. So you want the balance in between. But that is something we talked about, something we identified, something that we were trying to to find is, OK, we need to be to have guys that can play every day that balance the lineup um, and a credit to, you know, our coaches, Coach Howell, Coach Wersbicki. And, and Coach Gaines for working their tails off to uh, – because some of recruiting is hard work. You know, that's that's it. It's like anything else. You, you get what you do, what you, you put in, but you do have to have a little luck. And you have to – Anthony D'Onofrio can't get drafted. These arms you're going to talk about, they got to make it to school. Luke Stevens has got to pick school over signing for a substantial amount of money. And then you need to find another guy to compliment Luke Stevenson that's going to push him that's older – and we just got lucky because he's left-handed. So we do feel better about that balance that we can play against different, different teams. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One thing about Grace's article, Rap and Fall, is felt like you upgraded at catcher, even losing Tomas Frick. You know, that's a bold statement. You know, Frick's a, Frick's a I mean, he is a dude from the standpoint, a leader, hard-nosed, makeup. Um, you know, and I'll let y'all decide that. Uh, you know, I thought Frick was awesome for us. You, you can't know, deny Stevenson's abilities, though. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You know, every now and then you get a kid back there that just shuts down the running game before it even starts from the standpoint of they have a bazooka. You, you talk about Jacob Stallings. You talk about a Cody Roberts. Those are just cannons. And Luke's got a cannon. You know, he's blessed. He can throw. And him throwing a 2-0 is a bad throw. There aren't many catchers like that, and we got lucky that he decided to come to North Carolina and then not sign professionally. So, um, and then and then Haskin, who compliments him, is pretty dang good too. He steals a ton of strikes on our video system, Synergy and True Media. He was one of the top in the country at making pitches, strikes, stuff that you look at because the zones have tightened up in college baseball because they have to because the umpires are actually being held accountable finally with the track man. 
they can't call a strike three baseballs off. Um, but we're excited about Luke. And the thing that's also exciting about Luke is he's also got those traits that Tomas had. He's vocal, plays with energy, he's competitive. Um, so, uh, you know, Tomas had a great year for us, though. You know, <laughs> he did, he did. And, and that, and we don't, I don't, I, I kind of agree with Grace's article there. When you, especially when you combine Stevenson and Haskin, um, yeah. and, and the catcher position, but anyway, Grace shift gears. Forbes doesn't like our, uh, assessment oh, yet. Yeah. Maybe to prove right or wrong. No, 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 not that I don't, <laughs> but you know, it, uh, it's no to Tomas. Tomas helped us win a lot of games, but also as a old, as a pitching coach for many years, it does help to have an arm like that behind the plate for sure. Yeah. And I think that while I transition us to pitching, I think that with Haskin and Stevenson, you have the combination that on some of those weekday games, you can rest Stevenson. Because I think, I mean, I mean, obviously you see him every day, coach, but that catcher is just such a hard position to play. It's so physically demanding. So, yeah. But looking. Yeah, the body, the just the total package. Yeah. But looking over to pitching, you added 14 new arms, some older transfers, Ryan Fisher's finally saw the mound didn't think we were going to see that one yeah yeah, a little sad. <laughs> yeah but specifically looking at consistency which is obviously what you want from a pitching staff what do you see out of your freshmen well i mean to call a spade a spade we got an upgrade in talent i mean you know you know when we held on with my first year here i walk in here and it's daniel bard and andrew miller and robert woodard and you know, those guys, the talent stands out, um, which makes everybody better. Uh, but that's that's number one. You know, these kids are ultra talented. Uh, they're committed to the University of North Carolina. Our pitching coach, Brian Gaines, you know, things don't happen overnight. And, uh, you know, you look at what he did while he was with Coach Jackson at Liberty. You look at his last year there. They led the country in earner on average, I believe. Um, and I feel like he, Coach Gaines, has is, is worked really hard you know, we had COVID. We probably should have taken more guys off the portal, but that's that's on me more than anybody else, not being aggressive enough in that portal and probably being too loyal. Um, but I'm excited about the talent level that these young guys have overall because I think some of them are potential major leaguers. And you can't say that about every class you have. Um, and they, they decided to come to UNC when they could have signed for, you know, what a lot of kids signed for. And there's a lot of value to be put in that. And when that's happened for us, you know, 2014, we just got hammered and we lost like Jack Flaherty, Forrest Wall. We lost like six pitchers in the draft. Well, this year it could have been the same thing, Grace, but we, but we got lucky. And we held on to them. Um, so that's what stands out the most. And they're athletic. I think their upside's good. You know, I, I think that they're going to continue to get better. They're competitive. Um, you know, and they've got some older guys, too, that came back that didn't have to in the nap and the Peterson and the posting that could have signed that are helping kind of mentor them just with our standards and our culture. And, and that'll help get the most out of them, hopefully. And I think you definitely upgraded in terms of velocity, but especially with these young guys coming out of prep schools and high schools, are you at all concerned about command or is that just something that's going to come with time and deliberate college coaching? Commands one, number one, even over, we just got lucky that, these guys turn out a lot of money because they're not getting offered the money for velocity. They're getting offered the money for the combination. 
and the upside. Um, you know, you're not going to draft a kid and give him one and a half million dollars if he doesn't have at least B plus command um, in the in the pro world. You might offer a reliever that's 98 to 100 and give him a hundred thousand dollars. You know, if he's got C minus and see if it works out. But you can't pitch if you don't throw strikes. I mean, it's just we we've had kids. I've had kids here as a pitching coach that had great velocity even back before velocity was a, such a bigger thing, but they were literally 94, 95, but they couldn't pitch for us because they couldn't control the strike zone. You face our team, our play discipline's good. You face Florida State, Miami, those teams aren't going to swing at balls. Um, but in reality, 90 nowadays is like 86 used to be, 87. Um, kids are training for it more, but you got to get the combination. You know, I'd still take four Zach Gallons and pitch them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday when he was here at 89-92. Um, and then, you know, him continue to get better. But I do I do agree. We've got more velocity. We've got more power. Um, but that's also a credit to Coach Gaines of, of these guys buying into what we're trying to do because it doesn't happen overnight sometimes. You got to stick with it. You got to get stronger. You got to get your body in better shape to maximize that potential. But that's why Nat's throwing harder. That's why Post is throwing harder. That's why Peters is throwing harder. Dalton Pence is throwing harder. Padgett's throwing harder, Matthias. So we got those returners that are throwing harder that have improved. And you add these new guys that are already come in here with a lot of talent, and then boom, you're competing. So that competition is going to not let you take a day off, and that that doesn't hurt, you know? It, you kind of went where I was going and, and won't let you out of here before we take up too much of your time. But I, I wanted to ask about Jake, and, and he looked strong in, in the mm -hmm. ball, at least in the games I saw. And you had some older guys sort of rest them up. Pence got some rest. Poston got some rest, at least what we were allowed to see. But talk more about that competition when you've got these young guys come in. It's funny, when I look at your positions, it's, you've got an old team position-wise yep. with a couple freshmen sprinkled in. On the arm side, you've got a young team with a bunch of arms with some older guys sprinkled in. How much have you seen yeah. from the older guys realizing – I better get on it or I'm going to be watching these young guys pitch on the weekends um, if I don't put in the work. Instantly. Instantly. And that's what you need. You know, that's what you need. It makes everybody better. Like Robert Woodard told me he chose North Carolina over other schools. It was his lowest offer because he wanted – he thought he would be the best by competing against Andrew Miller, competing against Daniel Bard, Kerrigan, Wooten, those type of guys. Um, and that's – that's that's the that's what you're looking for. And you find out a lot about your returners. You know, these guys that did come back, Nap, Peterson Post, they could have signed profession. They could have all signed for decent money. It wasn't like they were all for fifty thousand. Um, but they they value coming back here, hopefully leaving with their degree. And they weren't, you know, they want to also try to leave a legacy and uh do all they can to get us to the College World Series. And but they've improved and uh you know, Nap <laughs> He looked really good. And then we have two, the two grad transfers that you're not grad transfers, one of them Fisher, who, you know, we, we just let him pitch cause he really wanted to, but he's good. His velocity will be 92, 93. And then, you know, the kid that didn't pitch a lot for us cause he threw so much at Elon is Sprague and you can throw the, the velocity out the window. He just carves you up. So that'll be even more competition when we get back. And the fun part will be figuring out the roles, <clears throat> you know, who's going to do what and, uh, when you're trying to find those starters, you just have to have guys that can pitch a little bit deeper. How do you 
when you look at the physical makeup or, or rather the mental makeup of guys, how do you determine other than pitching longer and, and staying, you know, keeping the velocity up or even getting stronger as you go, how do you determine, hey, this guy's going to be a reliever, this guy's <clears throat> my starter, I need this guy to be a closer. Uh, I mean, it's those are big mental changes or mental differences, yeah. aren't they? They are. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the, the, you know, some of it doesn't play out until the middle of the season. You know, 2011, what changed our season, guys to Omaha was taking Michael Morin out of the rotation and put him in the back end. And he ended up being one of our best closers ever. And in my mind, I thought this guy's a starter, 6'5", pitchability, throw strikes, and he just will get lit up as a starter. And then we put him in the bullpen, and he's locking it down. And the next year, he's got 19 saves. But you do have some idea. Um, and you, you know, our guys understand what our culture is and what it's like at North Carolina. And if you're not going to buy into what the team's trying to do, go somewhere else from the standpoint, if you only care about being a starter and you won't do what the team needs you to do, this isn't the place for you. And you have to make that clear because in the world we are in today, you got these kids got outside distractions. You know, they think, oh, you know, I can only get drafted high if I'm a starter, all that baloney. Um, but really, you just try to figure out, okay, and recovery. I would say that's a big one. Who can bounce back and pitch three to four days a week and who can't? And sometimes the ones that can't, you know, they end up being your starters and or they have to learn how to bounce back and change their routines. And that's the challenging part of, of pitching and being a pitching coach. But it's also the fun part. Um, and if you can find a – Every team that's pretty dang good, they've got a really, really good closer. I mean, most of the time, you got to have somebody that the game's over in the back end because it puts pressure on the opponents. So we're hoping to make that decision as early as we can and stick with that person unless they just can't do it. Do you have some top candidates for a closer coach? You know, I mean, you have to you have to mention Dalton Pence the way he threw, yeah. you know, down the stretch. Um, it was bad coaching in my part early on when he blew the lead against East Carolina. We had a little gap where we didn't pitch him as much, which was just plain stupid. You just had to look yourself in the mirror and be like, that was my bad decision-making because um, I know I know how hard he works, and I also know he's competitive and tough, and he's only going to get better. But he was one of our best guys, pretty locked down towards the end. He recovers extremely well. Um, but, you know, when I'm sitting here looking at this, this roster – you know, Bo Bear's probably going to make the transition of going back into the bullpen. And we saw what he was like two years ago, 94, 95. Um, so there, I would say, you know, a guy like Pence, Bo Bear, and there's some young guys in there that could end up being in the back end of the bullpen. Is Peterson going to start? Is he going to be the back, you know, in our bullpen? Is Fisher going to end up starting like he did at New Jersey Tech? Or is he going to be in the bullpen? So we'll try to figure out some of those in that preseason and then we'll go in with the plan and then you have to be able to adjust. Um, you know, you, your hope is by the time you get to the conference, you kind of have your your four starters figured out in a perfect world, but the world isn't always perfect. and Things don't go as planned. But I do feel like if one guy on this staff, you look at Matty Mathias, 89-90 last year in the fall, I mean, he's sitting 92-94. And he's got big experience. You know, Padgett's got to learn to strike guys out more, but Padgett's also not throwing 87, 88. He's up to 93. He's ultra athletic. Um, so it's going to be fun just to try to figure that out. You know, you got all these freshmen, they can't all start. Right. 
You know, they're just not going to. And who's going to who's going to move to the bullpen and thrive in the bullpen? Well, you know, time will tell. That is head coach Scott Forbes. Scott, anything, any one player we haven't mentioned? I got a two-part question. One, okay. give us a player or two that we haven't mentioned that folks should pay attention to come springtime. And also, what's your number one concern going into spring? Uh, and what will keep you up at night over the holidays and into January? Oh, man. I try not to. Hopefully not much will keep me up at night. Um, you seem like you have a pretty loaded roster, to be honest. No, well, I mean, I would say that's a good question. Um, you know, when you care so much about your players, you understand that I would say you just to, to sleep good at night, like Greg Popovich told his team when the Spurs signed all those guys, I'm, I'm realistic that we have a really talented team but also have to accept that everybody's not going to get the time that they want. And everybody's going to have to buy into that and be ready for their opportunity and have the right attitude. Um, but with our leadership, you know, we haven't, we've talked some about Bandy, but we didn't talk about a Stokely. You know, we didn't talk about a Castagnazzi, a Wilkerson, you know, some guys that have played a lot for us. But yes, there's an upgrade in talent, but these are tough kids. They've been in Super Regionals. They've won an ACC championship. Um, they've had phenomenal attitudes, so I'm excited to see. And it's their senior year, and if you and if you're a senior, and you have the right mindset, and you have one mission, and that's to help your team win, you usually get rewarded for it. So I'm excited to see how those guys get rewarded for that. And uh, you know, I mean, there you, you got so many guys that you just don't know. You know, you got Caleb Coss coming over from football, who stole 85 bases. Um, but there's always a surprise, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't talk about Mikey Madej at all before the 22 season because he had just not played well. And Mike Madej changed our whole team. Um, he solidified our lineup and we went on that run. Uh, but I, you know, nobody really sticks out that we haven't brought up. I felt like we talked about a lot of guys. I would say one pitcher that was extremely intriguing was Aiden Hawk. Um, you know, I think it's from Fedville tech is where he was. He really started to pitch well. He's got a power arm. He's a big kid. He throws a ton of strikes. He's got a really good slider. Um, so I'm interested to see where he ends up being when it's all said and done. Uh, but we got some – there's someone on his roster, obviously, that we're not talking about that hasn't played a lot necessarily that all of a sudden just comes from nowhere. That's the, that's the neatest part of coaching. So I could definitely see that happening on this on this team. Yeah, there's always that that one or two guys that when it happens, you're like, "Who's that guy? Let me let me pull my roster out." And, and you I think about him. Angel Zarate. Yeah, I mean that he ended up being one of the best hitters in the ACC, and for two and a half years, you know, he couldn't get on the field. Um, but I am excited because the group is well led. Uh, you know, Nap. We got a lot of leaders, but you know, Jackson Vandenbreek, Nap. But Vandenbreek is really he's 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 a special leader and he came back for the right reasons. And, um, you know, that helps me a ton when you got a guy, when you lose a guy like Matt Corbath and you got a guy like Jackson Vanderbilt, he's going to step right into those shoes and make sure everybody understands what we're trying to do and how things are going to go around here. Indeed it does. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I could talk baseball with you, with Grace for hours, uh, but you, you have things to do. Um, one of which is read the article at Inside Carolina. I know. I'll uh, do that. I'll do and, that. And, uh, and, uh, 
and report back. I appreciate back. y'all doing this because, you know, baseball, man, it is – I was talking – I was on D1 podcast today. You know, we added Stanford. We added Cal. It's booming. Um, you know, there's more being put into it. We're redoing our indoor facility right now. It'll be done before – you know, we're, we're pouring in a ton into our pitching technology, but also redoing our hitting, more technology with our hitting stuff. And we couldn't do that without the support that we have, you know, for Carolina baseball. So we're excited about that. And uh, this is a good time for our guys to to decompress and get in the weight room and get stronger and get their bodies healed up. And um, a good time for me to try to get in a deer stand. You can have the cold deer stand. <laughs> I, I will take some deer jerky if you've got any, if, if you make any of that. Um, Scott, again, appreciate you taking the time to join Grace and, uh, shout out to Grace Nugent. If you haven't read her articles, um, not just coach, but everybody watching this, if you hadn't read the articles, check them out at inside Carolina, check out Johnny t-shirt and congruity and, and coach Forbes looking forward to hear the deer hunting stories, um, as the season rolls around, it'd be here before you know it. Yeah. And, I'll, I'll, and, I'll get you some jerky as long as the articles are good. <laughs> All right, well, deal. She's writing the articles. I'm just a lot I'm of just pressure here. over here. <laughs> Let me ask you this last question. Okay. Schedule. When can yes. North Carolina fans expect the full schedule to drop? The schedule is complete. Um, you just have to wait on the legalities of the contracts and all that stuff. Um, we actually didn't schedule 56 this year because of so many Thursday. We scheduled 54. We'll probably get to 56. So when the schedule release, it only had 54 games on it. Um, you know, you don't want to, we can't play during exams here at North Carolina on that weekend. So we have to be smart with compressing. We did a lot of research on some teams that had really high RPIs. Stanford's a great example. They only played like 52 games or something. So with all these Thursday night games now released by the ACC, you got to be careful playing that midweek game between there and just wearing your guys out if you're on the road or you're on an airplane. It's a great schedule. Um, you know, we have a ton of home games. Play South Carolina again, neutral in Charlotte. We do the home uh, home. Neutral home with ECU. We're still finalizing the neutral site. We're trying to get that done. Um, we'll go Wagner to open up then ECU the second weekend. Then we have Princeton coming in here, and then we open ACC play. And with a lot of great midweek games. So we'll get it released as soon as we can. It's It's been turned in, so hopefully it'll be out there soon. We need to sell as many season tickets as we can, too. Well, thank you so much, Coach. Absolutely. And y'all have an awesome Thanksgiving. You do the you same. Too. I'm the biggest UNC, you know, fan period. So football, you know, thought about going to Clemson, but we're locked in there. And I, I mean, UNC basketball, man, it's just the best. So I'm excited about, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited about this team. Isn't it crazy being a part of the Carolina family and what it all brings? It really is. I mean, I'm looking down there in field hockey, they're hosting Virginia. What is it, today? Wednesday? They got the final four starting. Friday, Friday, so we can't take BP, which I'm glad, so because we're hosting it. <laughs> don't want to hurt anybody down there. We got some guys that can launch it over that net, which is a good thing. Um, so yeah, it is a special place, something you should never take for granted. Indeed, that is head coach of North Carolina Tar Heels, Scott Forbes. Shout out to Grace. I'm Tommy Ashley. We'll be back. Probably See y'all. Anyway, take care. Yep, sounds great. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving. <laughs>